1: Welcome to Zero Today. This is broadcast number
2: two, actually. Uh, We had technical difficulties during the first broadcast this morning. So this is take number two on Zero Today, and I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. And as always, we are here. We are here, as usual, (laughs) for the second time, to present you with seeds of insight And empowerment, and we are all about empowering you, our listeners, to knowing, being, doing, impacting, and changing the world around you. uh, This is second line, but you're still welcome to join us. If you want three four seven two three seven five two three zero, that's the number to call to get your thoughts, inspirations, insertations, whatever Asians there are, commentations, commendations, comments, <laughs> commentary, live on the air. And That's the way you can do it. Also, you hit us up on our chat line. We will reopen the chat line again. This is a uh, rebroadcast because we had tep- technical difficulties, and we're hoping we don't have those same technical difficulties. Now, uh, so far, levels, monitors, everything is looking right. Um, but you know how it is. You know how it is. So, But uh, you can call that number. You can hit us up on uh, the Zero Network on Facebook. Follow us on com, Subscribe to the show. Listen to uh, archives all the way back from when we've been on the show for the last four years. Um, hit me up at my Twitter account at Prophesy. Also, Follow us on Twitter. I mean, follow us on, um, I forgot what I was just saying. <laughs> Uh So we're here, Deal at com. That's the email if you want to send us an email let us know how the show is doing. We'd love to hear feedback from you. Uh, we ask the Lord's blessing on the show that he would lead us and guide us into all, sh- all truth. And that he would be with us and let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in his sight. This is our prayer in the name of Christ. Amen. Well, as I stated before, this is take number two on the show. We had difficulty this morning, the mics weren't working. The only thing people heard was uh, commercials for some reason. Uh, we don't know what happened. We're hoping that it will, uh, the problem has been resolved. So this is live as always. Um, And we're just trying to see how it's going to work. Amen, somebody. Uh, So we're going to try to recreate the show that we did this morning as best we can. Um, uh, So we're going to leave it out with the story that we shared that you probably didn't hear (laughs) at the first broadcast this morning. Uh, we let off earlier with the story, and, and I said I'm playing catch up because again we just returned. We had a break. Uh, we had a lot of things going on. We're excited. We celebrated the wedding of my sister and her husband this past weekend in Dallas, and we're excited about that. Um, so many other things that've been going on with the with myself as part of the Connectional African Methodist Episcopal Church, and we're just excited about all those things that got have been going on. We uh, so that's the catch up with me personally. Um. But um, like I said, I missed out on all the big headlines. Ebola, missed out on that. Uh, the pastor in uh, Montgomery, Alabama, we might talk about a little talk a little bit about that in regards to church responsibility. That's part of our topic that we're going to talk about this morning, uh, this afternoon. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, domestic violence, voting. And church responsibility, black church responsibility. I might as well add black church accountability too, because that's a part of it. Um. So, uh. But I let off this afternoon. I led off this morning with a story that had that humored me a little bit. Um. Uh, and it involves the Right Reverend Doctor Bishop Thomas Dexter Jakes Senior, or T.D. Jakes as he is more commonly known, Bishop T.D. Jakes, not jokes. Uh. T.D. Jakes. That was a slip, a Freudian slip. Uh, and Bishop Chakes, as many celebrities do, has a Twitter account, has a um, Facebook page, a uh, celebrity Facebook page, has many other uh, social media outlets, as do many celebrities. And he also apparently has an Instagram account. And uh, have, I'm sure he has plenty of followers on that Instagram account, just as he has on all his other social medias. But, um,. Bishop Jakes did something that was rather unusual. Uh, that most celebrities don't do. Some celebrities do. You, you ever heard of celebrities beefing? You know, they uh, like it's 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 more common now for celebrities to have Twitter beefs, where they are. You know, <laughs> one person may see a comment, uh, tweet something, and then uh, somebody else will tweet something back, and you know they have this beef going on on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Well, Bishop Jakes has stepped into that arena of beef, celebrity briefs, except it's not with a celebrity. It was with someone else, and um, I don't have the post. But uh, uh, apparently it's since been taken down, and maybe it's still out there somewhere. I just couldn't find it. But uh, uh, on Bishop Jakes' uh, celebrity Instagram account, he had a picture that uh uh seemed to have accented his wedding band and his wedding band looked wonderful you could tell it was an expensive ring diamond ring and so someone decided that they would call jakes into account regarding his uh his bling uh his they were saying that he had too much bling and whatnot and so forth and so on uh nonetheless Bishop Jakes did something that most celebrities do not do. He entertained the comments and kinda uh attempted to rebuttal uh the comments uh by stating, you know, facts about his earning uh, you know, how he got where he is and things of that nature, and I'll go on to say that um, you know, he still loved the person. He just didn't like their comment. Um and, and and my my, my thing was is just funny to me uh you know this 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 apparently hit a nerve with bishop jakes uh that he had to take the time to comment on some insignificant person uh who who stated that he he's wealthy now if you were not if we're not aware uh bishop jakes is one of the wealthiest per- preachers pastors in the world according to a new release uh new report, uh top twenty five wealthiest pastors. I think he's in the top ten. Um and it's estimated that his um uh, uh his net wealth net worth is about eighteen to twenty million dollars, which is on the low end for some of those pastors who are listed. There's one pastor in Africa. as a matter of fact four of the four of the top ten pastors are from Nigeria, Africa. Uh they were the, some of the wealthiest people on the planet, uh, and definitely the wealthiest pastors. And with uh, uh the top one between estimated between fifty and a hundred billion dollars worth net worth, and uh the lowest one at about ten million. Either way, Jakes is in there, along with Craft Little Dollar, uh and I think I believe uh Joel Osteen is in there. Uh, Rick Warren and several others, of course, Billy Graham, and uh, but but I digress. Anyway, so he it must have hit him a nerve on Bishop Jake's that he had to personally comment, or even if if it is not Bishop Jake's, someone who is posing or representing Jake's officially in a, some official capacity felt the nerve felt the need to rebuttal that uh, comment, and it must have hit the nerve because they talked about money. But that's the way the world, so why did I say all that? I just thought it was funny that um we it's gotten to this point now that when people feel uh, uh that wealthy preachers now are getting offended, that people are calling them out on their wealth when it's made by off the blacks of church now now let me let me clarify something, and I mean, I'm not talking about pastors who have diversified their income as bishop jakes has done he has diversified his income so that his income no longer i don't even believe he receives a salary from his church anymore i think all of his income from from the royalties from the movies the books and whatever else he does i believe that's and speaking engagements and most of those are the church so i don't know uh but i don't believe he wears uh i don't believe he draws a salary from the church anymore but there are those who are drawing salaries from the church that are living rather excessively. And uh Well, long story short, uh I I I don't think he should have been offended. I think it should have brought humility to him. I think it was a better way he could have approached it. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a pastor. A Methodist pastor. I live off the people. <laughs> I'm gonna take a quick break. And we're going to get into this uh, voter uh, midterm voter election and how it can affect the black church as well as talk a little bit more about uh, domestic violence and how the church um, should have more responsibility or take more responsibility in that. So we're going to take this break and we're going to see if this show is moving right along or not. Be back right after this. (laughs) each other a other and
1: Nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses.
2: Peacock, the newest candle fragrance by HeCentric, is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan, hand-poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by HeCentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders that's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you will not disappointed when you order your candle today from HeCentric. I have one at home and in my office, and I tell you, it's so good. It helps me relax at home, and it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com, And while they also pick up a copy of her book, The Encounter, I'm telling you, you will love both. Peacock by HeCentric, reflecting the glory in everyday life.
1: Bishop Julius McAllister, Sr. and Mother Joan McAllister invite you to attend post-conference holy convocation and planning Meeting for the 8th Episcopal District of the African Methodist Episcopal Church on November 20th through the 22nd, 2014 at the Bonner-Campbell Religious Institute Campus in Edwards, Mississippi. Come hear a powerful word from guest speaker Dr. Jeremiah Wright, Sr., anointed singing from the post-convocation choir, And much, much more. Come ready to be blessed. You don't want to miss this. It's the post-conference convocation and planning meeting. Be there and be blessed.
0: Suits today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit, but part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look, I guarantee it.
2: welcome back to zero today again i'm your host pastor lorenzo neal and uh this is take number two uh (laughs) so if you're joining us if you tried to listen uh, to earlier this morning during the original airtime, we had some technical difficulties so this is a live rebroadcast so it is what it is and again we extend our heartfelt apologies for uh, difficulties but uh you'll be able to catch this archive show um and hopefully we can get some remnants of what we discussed this morning. Anyway, so we uh, we are preparing on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday for midterm elections across the country. Uh seats are open, Senate seats are open, congressional seats are up for grabs, uh Senate seats are up for grabs. Local states, uh local municipality uh Uh, elections, state legislature elections, all kinds of things are going on on November 4th. And, uh, it's very critical, uh, that you get out to vote. And New Bethel, we've been going on for about, uh... For several weeks, since the latter part of the summer, encouraging our people, preparing our people to get ready to vote. We had a uh, specific Sunday designated for Let's Get Ready to Vote, where our young people did a skit, uh, 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 bringing back to our memories the likes of Fannie Lou Hamer and many, many others, Mega Evers, and many, many others who uh, gave their lives, who stood up and helped to get us the right to vote and we are grateful for them. But uh we've seen what happened in the incidents with Ferguson and others that brought out that that rage and that that angst that angst because people feel they feel underappreciated, undervalued by their politicians, um because, you know, they're they're they voting and and uh this midterm election is critical because uh most people know that most a lot of people don't even vote in midterm they wait till presidential election because they feel that's the most important one but it's actually the midterm because uh that is determining who controls the legislative body in the United States Congress the House of Senate uh the US House and the Senate and uh right now the Republican Party is vying for control of both they haven't had control of both parties in a very long time and because this is uh Obama president uh, Barack Obama's lame duck uh term he only has two years it makes him lame duck. uh they're they are really fighting to maintain what little control they have to push what policies they have uh some people are considering this term this part of his term a complete disaster and um depending on the rhetoric you follow you may agree or disagree i got a clip here that i want to share that was very heartfelt and i thought was powerful and it's uh four black it's some uh, black men from um Chicago, city of Chicago, President Obama's hometown, and they were expressing some very very serious things and throwing out some things that I thought were very powerful. So I want you, it's about four minutes clips, uh, a four minute clip, but I want you to listen to this clip. If you can't, uh, if you haven't heard it on YouTube, you need to go listen to it. Um, it's it's um uh, it's it's very powerful, very potent, and they lay accusation against the Democratic Party for much of the uh, ills of today's Black communities. Take a listen. Black folks is
3: in an abusive Black leadership relationship.
2: We have to send a message. This
4: this is the time for us to send a message.
3: We're always talking about what the Republicans ain't done for us or what they will do to hurt us. My life has been hurt by Democrats, and we got in our mind that so we always gotta keep vote Democrat. You know, look and see in your community, who are the real oppressors in our community? They always talk about black on black crime. And when you hear the word black on black crime, the first thing you think of is a black man robbing you, a black man breaking in your house. And that is a black on black crime. But let's take it one step further. There's a black on black crime and down in City Hall. There's a black on black crime down in, the, in, in all the state capitals in America, where black folks are voting against our interests, where black folks are voting and making us, we're getting poor and poor, and other groups are getting richer and richer. Everywhere you go, there's poverty in black areas. This is like where I stand at right now, out of B. Wells, where public housing residents live at. Most of the people at home is living in the street, and it's because of you, Mr. President. In Detroit, where your leaders at? There's no white folks running Detroit, cutting water on black folks in Detroit. Them black folks running that city. Ain't no white folks doing that. Them black folks going along with that. Everything's happening in our community is black leadership doing this. Our children know that if the Democrats have not done anything for us as of yet, why should they even go out and vote? What agenda's on the table that's gonna change their life? The only thing they offer in the black community is abortion on demand? This is what the president asked for us to vote for.
4: Now he wants to have this conversation about minimum wage raise because he knows that this is the way to get a lot of the poor people's attention. But to hell with his minimum wage uh, uh, raise, we don't have any jobs. A minimum wage raise for what?
3: They're not pushing a black agenda, they're not pushing uh, a family agenda. They're pushing a neoliberal agenda. Across this city, in these, democr- these
4: major democratic cities, this
3: is what it looks like. How can the same process happen over and over again and nobody got n- can't do nothing about it? Black leadership is abusing us, the Democratic Party is abusing us. It's the same way in every black community across the country. And they forced
4: us into a life of welfare. We don't want no welfare. We want opportunities to go to work. We want opportunities to own business. They bailed out all of the major uh, uh, banks and these big investors, but left the people starving. There are no Tea Parties in your city. We don't have those people. We have a major Democratic machine, and the majority of them, they look like me. These are the people who make sure we get nothing, but then turn around and have us to vote for them again. They
3: only come around when it's time for elections. When they think they can give you a a toy, or give you a a turkey or something, and everything is good.
4: Hundreds of millions of dollars are coming down from the federal government, but the money is going to all these special interest groups. My brother's keeper went to his friend. This whole corrupt democratic system that gobbles up all the dollars and starves the people out. Can you all look around your community and see see any change that have come about with these hundreds of billions of dollars that'll come through our city? No, you cannot. What we do see is our elected officials riding around in new cars, and they have new homes.
3: When our people don't have jobs in our community, when we don't have any vital resources, when all the deals been cut and all our people are left out, this is where we end up. And we got, we got the most important thing that we got that we can stop all this. Everybody got to vote. And if you use your vote wisely, You can stop a lot of this stuff.
2: All right. So those black men were expressing some very, very pertinent issues, and they spoke. You can hear the passion that they spoke with, and and I empathize with them because they are in a city where there's more than enough corruption and violence taking out young black men and women uh keeping them oppressed and, and it's really difficult but you know you have to say that they are they are telling some very deep truth uh and both parties not just the democrat party but both parties have been uh uh basically ignoring or taking advantage of the black vote and that's why it's critical we need out we need to be empowered and I mentioned earlier about the Fannie Lou Hamer commission uh, uh a coalition in Michigan that is coming together and they're 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 breaking away quote unquote breaking away from their the master's plantation and starting to think for themselves and trying to empower the people to vote uh in a righteous way vote uh, values that affect and impact black people in a positive manner and not just vote the the party line because, you know, that's what they've been doing for generations. Either way, I'm excited that, that uh, for these midterms and I'm excited that we have an opportunity to do so. So on Tuesday, go out to vote. If you haven't done it already, do it. Uh, if you have done early voting, or if you already had elections in your state, I hope that you voted according to your values and not just uh, down a particular uh, party line. But anyway, I digress. That's my two cents on that. i uh, will take another quick break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna discuss um, uh, domestic violence and the church's responsibility in that, because it is, you know, it's just something we have to take more responsibility in. So we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back
3: you're listening to zero today with pastor lorenzo i need
1: you i feel so alone
0: but you're not alone i knew you'd come like i could stay away
1: You know I can't do this
0: without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll
1: get you a rental car. Don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive's Claim Service. It's our favorite. Yours and mine. Because we found it. Together. On a walk, walk, walk. Love to walk. A long walk. A A walk with you. A walk I smelled squirrels on. But I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day, and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing, waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere, ever because that wonderful bouncy roll-around thing had made you play and that had made you smile put more play in your day Veniful play it's good for you
2: Welcome back to Zero today. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and again, this is take number two for the show because of major technical difficulties we had. We are having to rebroadcast, so uh, it's going to be a little shorter. And I'm already cramped for time, so we're going to try to get as much as we can in while we can get it in. Uh, so we're we're going to close out this this segment uh, talking about domestic violence. And I, I, uh, this is both breast cancer awareness and domestic violence, uh, awareness month. I have been personally affected by both of those, uh, regarding breast cancer. I shared, uh, earlier and I share now my, my aunt, one of my favorite aunts, uh, is a breast cancer survivor. The Lord has graced her to be able to have been a survivor for several years now, uh, a couple of years. I, I, I don't give me the lie uh but on this past weekend we celebrated the fact that she was a breast cancer survivor and all the time that she was going through this, she went through it with a smile and with faith knowing that she would be healed and we're excited because she still has that smile she still has that glow she's moving a little slower uh but we're just glad that she's still on this side with us and when it comes down to domestic violence i'm also um impacted by it. My mother uh was a victim of domestic violence. Uh she she died as a result of a domestic violence event uh nearly uh thirty five years ago and uh it amazes me how how silent the church is, pastors are regarding uh this issue of domestic violence, domestic abuse. Um and I went so far, I go so far as to say that domestic violence is not when a man beats on a woman like what Ray Rice did with his now wife. That, that, yes, that is domestic violence. It's not just that. Domestic violence is all the foolishness that we allow as black people. For example, when we post videos of children fighting, you know, and <laughs> we laugh at it. That's domestic violence. When parents go over the edge and they don't, they do more than just spank their children. You know, they they leave them with bruises, physical bruises that uh, they have to go to school with. that They have to be confronted with, and it often may call bu- cause bullying. Uh, you know, cause them to be bullied because of those. You know, what happens? But the silence is what gets me. There's so many people suffering in silence because of domestic violence and domestic abuse. You know, there are women who are afraid to go home or afraid when their husbands or their boyfriends come home from work or wherever they come home to uh come home from because they know that the smallest little thing may incite them and, and cause them to get beat up. Uh and we have think about as pastors, the the numbers of women who sit in our pews who are being abused daily regularly weekly who come to the pastor for prayer counseling and it turns into a sexual act you know something sexual the pastor demands that they you know not only pray for them but then takes advantage of the woman and that kind of stuff actually it excuse my language it, it pisses me off the fact that we stand in support of men and women athletes uh politicians pastors who abuse women and not just yeah you know, i see and I, I take it as, 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 as extreme view of this sometimes but you know when when men belittle and berate women i see that as violence when we incite and and, and women too women are just uh they're not just victims sometimes they are the agitators they are the perpetrators uh, and it is a very real issue um, that I don't think the church needs to be silent on. If we're going to be vocal about homosexuality, if we're going to be vocal about same-sex marriage, if we're going to be vocal about uh, abortion uh, on demand and things of that nature, if we're going to be a bo- vocal about people shacking up or uh, people not tithing in the church, if we're going to be vocal about that, we need to be even more vigilant and vocal regarding domestic violence. It's in our churches. It's probably even in our homes. We cannot afford to be silent about it. It, it is a really serious issue. And I segue into this uh, thinking about the pastor in Alabama. You've probably those of you who have been following the story know uh, earlier this fall. Uh, pastor in alabama who i'm not going to name i'm not even going to give the church because it's all out there you can go to the internet and just google it you'll find but he was infected with hiv and it developed into aids and he was so careless and so disrespectful of his own ministry and his own people that he slept with women in his church knowing that he had that fatal disease and then he took the time during his sermons or whatever to confess this thing he confessed to being uh HIV and AIDS positive. He confessed to sleeping with women in his congregation and they all, you know, the people forgave him. But then he said, I also stole money and then they voted him out. <laughs> and, and he still has not relinquished. As, as as far as I know, he still has not relinquished the pulpit. It's going into a legal battle battle, all kinds of things. There's several uh several things possible Things that could happen civil lawsuits criminal charges could be brought against him uh it's a lot but that is definitely a form of domestic abuse and more so pastoral abuse and spiritual abuse this man knowingly and uh intentionally uh took away people's lives took people's lives and played with it that's dangerous he's gonna have to answer to god for that and i pray god be merciful uh, to him but it's just the fact that he 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 was so careless, not just reckless, but careless. And um, while there are a lot of people condemning him for that act, as they should, he there they should condemn the act. You still love him, condemn the act, and pray for the people who have been affected and directly impacted. These women may be infected with that virus. We don't know, but what we should do, we absolutely positively should bring greater awareness to our people regarding this i i've done it from the pulpit and i will continue to do it uh, and this is my show so i can talk about it a, <laughs> i have a greater platform to talk about it my whole my whole point is that we should not just limit it to a a discourse in a month this needs to be a regularly perpetuated from the pulpit that this uh acts any acts of domestic violence, domestic abuse, neglect against children of any kind, all of that is wrong. It's not just a sin, it's wrong. And yes, God forgives, but people don't forget. The things that we do, the violence that we see, the violence that we inflict upon our spouse, our children, our boyfriends, girlfriends, or their families, or our friends, whatever it may be, lasts longer than the act itself. The, the scars, the pain, it lasts for generations. It can cause, I mean, it can, car- it can be carried on. And I'm not saying it's a generational thing, generational curse, but I can tell you that impact can be felt for generations. And I think that's why we need to address it. I think that's why we need to call it out and and not sugarcoat it. We need to be more vocal about it. We don't need to wait for uh, Tyler Perry to do a movie or a stage play about it so that we can come back and, and, you know, recreate what he said. No. We need to be villaging it. And, yes, it is in the Bible. There are plenty of stories in the Bible about domestic abuse. One in particular talks about uh, uh, a son and daughter of David. Where the one the son loved the daughter, seduced the daughter, got the you know, conned the daughter into coming and bringing him something to eat, and while he was while she was bringing him something to eat, he raped her, and it caused his other brother to be uh, to hate him to the point of murder. That's in the story. You know, you can read that in Second Samuel. Also, uh, there's another story where a man. um, raped a woman he was a uh this uh, is in the book of the judges he uh he saw her saw how beautiful he was raped her and then after he raped her fell in love with her it, she wouldn't have it And but, but but there are stories in the bible you know the bible is not just one good read uh you know goody two-shoe book it, it actually addresses serious issues that uh pastors are afraid to talk about scriptures that pastors don't want to read because they are hard for the people to accept. But they're in the book for a reason. And we believe that the Bible is God inspired, God breathed, and that it is infallible and that it is inerrant in those words, those stories, those narratives, even the ones about abuse and neglect and violence are purposeful. It's in there. And it's in there for us to impact to 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 use as instruments of change for the positive to empower to god is the god of abundant life not a god of oppression he is not the god he is the god of oppressed who are being oppressed by the enemy but that's why he sent the spirit of god that's why he sent his son to save us so we wouldn't be under their oppression but he is not the god who causes people to oppress others well I take it back sometimes in the new and the old testament does kind of seem like he is that (laughs) i'm just joking but this is a very serious issue i take it to heart um i try to do my best to respect women and i know some women can be hard some women can be difficult some women want to make you put they put your hand all over them but the reality is you you shouldn't. As a man, you shouldn't. You're not supposed to. That is not what you do. That is your queen. You are her king. You are to honor her. If she's the mother of your children, you're not to beat up your mother. Would you want your mother beat up? No. So you shouldn't do it to the mother of your children. To men, that that is a sign of insecurity if you're doing that. To women, it's definitely a sign of insecurity and anger and whatever it may have been. And we know from research and we know statistically that persons who who grow up in environments like that, grow up in environments where there is domestic violence, nine times out of ten, they become perpetrators of the same. If boys see their... Their dads abusing their mom, they become abusive. If women see their moms being abused, they they tend to develop those tendencies and find those kind of uh, attract those men who are abusive, and it's vice versa also. That's why we need to address the issue. It, it's come to the front more so because of professional athletes like Adrian Peterson with his son and uh, Ray Rice, I think that's his name, with his now wife, and many 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 others. But we should not let one more person die. Not one more person be hospitalized. Not one more person be arrested for that. We have a prophetic voice as the church, as the black church, as black pastors. We have a prophetic voice to stand and speak in righteousness to the truth. Speak the truth in righteousness to the people. Empower the people to stand up for righteousness, to forsake the evils of the world, to turn away from the darkness and walk in the marvelous light of the Lord. That's what our responsibility is as the church. That is what we're called to do. We're not called to preach something that's lubby-dubby. We're not called to preach, oh, God loves him even though he hid his wife. God still No, we're called to be ever vigilant against it. And as myself, I I take responsibility for at times past being silent regarding this issue. But now I understand it's my responsibility to tell the truth, to act in the truth, to empower. If I say I'm going to be about liberation and liberating my people, speaking words that are empowering them, enabling them to walk in righteousness and blessings and prosperity, then I have an obligation. From the pulpit and outside to speak to this issue, and not just issues, but many others like this. But this one, because it you know it, it directly impacted B, I have an obligation. So that's my little rant. I went on my rant, uh, but it's true. When I ask what is the responsibility of the church, the responsibility of the church is to be proactive and not reactive. We know. Daddies, you do know your dad. Uh, if you're around your daughter, you know the boyfriend she with ain't good and it's hitting on her. Mothers, mamas, you really know. Brothers, you know. Aunties, uncles, you know. Stop being silent. We can afford no longer to be silent because the silence is what's killing our people. The silence is what's keeping our people in oppressed states where they see no hope. They don't come to church to be delivered. They come to hide. And they don't need to be hiding. They need to be free. So, as I close out this broadcast, like I said, it was a short broadcast. But um, I appreciate you for listening. This is going to be up. And so you can listen to uh, this broadcast and many other archived broadcasts. Simply follow the show and go click on the links. And you can listen to ones from the last four years that we've been on the air. And I'm just excited. We're... uh, we 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 got some more coming up, and, and we're excited. So we're going to head out, and I'm going to close out with this uh, song by the AME uh, Music Christian Arts Ministry uh, that really blessed me, and I think it's going to bless you. It's called The Blood, and I just want you all to be blessed with this. This is Pastor Lorenzo O'Neill. I'm tuning out, and until next week, we're inviting you back to Zero Hour Today. Take care. God bless.